Hola y bienvenidos a la EDRB, el programa sobre el programa Demasiado Hermosa para Vivir. Me llamo Laria, and that's all about, that's all I have about my AP Spanish. I'm lending it to Luke. Uh, it's a Monday episode, and we're here to recap last week's uh, very uh, interesting TBTL um, it's actually a raging Saturday night from the Middle-Aged Mama Studios in the Legend Oaks neighborhood of Austin, Texas. And joining me in the fun from the Hodgesboro Studio in Lincoln Park, Michigan, is Meredith the MDH Van Harn. Hola, Meredith. Hola. <laughs> um, I feel weird asking this, but are you drinking anything tonight because it's Saturday? Um, well, funny you should ask. I have a <laughs> rocks glass of um, bonded old granddad whiskey. Um, that was what my grandmother drank. I don't know anybody else that ever really drank good. that. It's really good. We, before my parents really drank when I was growing up, the only thing they had in our house was old granddad. So my earliest drinking was like a Diet Coke and old granddad. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I think Tasty. we had wild turkey and we had like an oldie timey ice box that wasn't an, it was just for storage it wasn't cold but that's where my stepdad kept his his he didn't drink much but that's where he kept his liquor and I definitely tucked an entire fifth of of that into my backpack one time when I was a teenager <laughs> you're like shrink bye yep um, also joining us on this party line from the day job, day job studios in Boston and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. What are you Bonjour. drinking? Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> like you asked uh, Meredith if she was drinking, and then you just assumed that I was. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you're a like at like a working man away from home. I feel like drinking is involved if it's past like six o'clock. Well, I am in my office, and therefore, yes, am drinking. In fact, while you were getting ready, Hillary, uh, Meredith and I were already talking a bit, and she got the whole narrative of me going to look for ice, not having any, it was a and drama. finally just giving up and opening a <laughs> bottle of Maker's Mark that was gifted to me in the office a few months ago, and pouring Perfect. some of it into my TBTL official public radio mug. <laughs> Uh, and then opening a fresca on the side because it's the only really reasonable cold drink I have to go with it. That's a terrible combination. <laughs> it really is. It really I'm is. not mixing them. I also have my water bottle here. So, but yeah, no, the whiskey is neat and uh, uh, in the bottom of this mug. So probably cleaning yes. whatever I didn't wash well out of it last. It'll kill all those germs. <laughs> it's okay. Oh yeah, it's fine. Bear is on my lap right now, and he just fell like halfway off. This is going to be a fun episode because I'm single parenting really right is. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. As per usual, uh, we're going to get into some LRB business, do the week in review, some housekeeping and how to get involved. Bobby, I have no mind for business. So why don't you get us into it? Uh, I would be happy to, although we're going to throw right back to Meredith for all things considered Catterday. <laughs> <laughs> As it is Catterday, uh, yeah, we thought it was only appropriate that I give a little update on Bear. He is, let's see, since the last time we spoke, he's gone to the vet for his six-week checkup. He's in great health. He doesn't have leukemia. He doesn't have feline AIDS, any of that stuff. So he, he got a clean bill of health. Um, he got his first set of vaccines and his first set of flea treatments. So everything is good in his world. He is getting bigger and more independent, although he's not very big nor very independent. 
Um, so he's still super fun and clumsy and ridiculous. So he's he's great fun to just wa- watch him walk around is is just entertaining <laughs> because he's clumsy and and stumbles on himself and falls over for no reason. Um, he still can't really like, you know how cats will do that thing where they shake their head real fast to like clear their face or whatever. He falls over every time he does that. Because <laughs> it like throws him so far off balance. <laughs> he has no core strength, so he's like, no, he really doesn't. He really doesn't. <laughs> but he's getting to the point where I don't know. Because at night, I've been keeping him in a, a a large dog crate just to keep him contained. Because he likes to bite. He's in a very bitey phase right now. And if I have him on my bed, like I just can't do it. Like he'll, he'll be there for a little while and then he'll wake me up chewing on my hands and I'm like, okay, he's going to calm down. He's going to go back to sleep. And he never does. So I I always like for the last week, I've been getting up in the middle of the night and putting him back in his crate. So I'm kind of hoping that soon he'll chill enough to where he can just stay out of his crate. Cause I I feel like I'm putting him in kitty jail. Um, and I feel kind of bad about it. He's getting he's getting a little too old for that, but he doesn't behave yet. So, but he's fully litter trained now. Like I have total confidence in his ability to take nice. care of his own stuff, which is great. Um, and he's eating um, regular food at almost regular intervals. So he's he's super fun, and he's getting easier and easier to deal with. Right now, he's kind of going insane at my feet, trying to get under my desk, which is never going to happen. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He might be chewing some cords or pushing some buttons as the show goes on. This truly sounds like when with Rory, he Bridget was a really good sleeper from like the get almost, um, which was awesome. Rory was not. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great. And I went back to work with Rory. So I was like, I can't deal with this. So at about four months when they tell you it's like, okay, you know, they don't necessarily need food to subsist at night. It's, you know, they're, they're okay. They have enough calories. I, I was delirious. I was so tired and I read something somewhere. I don't know. I found it in the depths of the internet that said the best way to sleep train, which I know there's a lot of people that disagree with this. Like this was how I did it. However, anybody else does it is fine. But they said, you know, kiss your baby. Good night. Put him in bed at 7 p.m. Close the door and like open it up again at 7 a.m., which mm-hmm. is what I did, which mm-hmm. felt like in retrospect feels kind of mean because I'm sure he was crying. But I like turned off the sound machine. I mean, I turned on the sound machine and turned off the monitor and I, I woke up and he was like smiling and waking up. So it worked. That doesn't sound um, mean yeah. at all. That sounds great for your mental health. <laughs> I think that's It funny. was. I like would go, I was go to work and I was like, I'm depressed. I can't handle this. I'm so mm-hmm. tired. And then once like you get a full whatever, six or seven hours night's sleep, it was amazing. But yeah, like <clears throat> raising a kitty kind of sounds like that where you're like, okay, like we're inching towards, you know, independence and you know, being able to sleep through the night. Yeah, I don't want to compare it at all because I can leave him at home legally for hours without going to prison. <laughs> so it's like not at all the same. But like there are some I've contemplated it. There are some similarities. Um, yeah, the waking up in the night it has not been great. And he he kind of sometimes he'll sleep through the night, sometimes not. Um, if I put him in his crate, he will sleep through the night. So <laughs> there's that. I think you're, you're onto there. something there, Hillary. <laughs> It'll only be a few more weeks until we start advocating for crate training children on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I might be already there. That's fine. <laughs> I'm already there. Don't worry. I'm the parent right now, and I'm already there. <laughs> uh, it's not on the business listing officially, but I think we have to ask uh, Hillary, uh, any progress on your 40th birthday? 
uh, <laughs> um, are we going to do this? Is it going to be like a weekly thing where it's like, <laughs> it's too, and then when we get halfway there, it's like, it's, we're looking forward to, um, it's done. I, I have previously told Meredith and Bobby that, um, Bridget and I went to my office today and she's like, where's all the birthday stuff? And she was very disappointed, but it's, we're done except that I did eat two week old cake that had been refrigerated <laughs> It wasn't that good, but I needed a little bit of chocolate. So, you know, it was fine. But I you were um, supposed it, to it, save the top <laughs> of the cake for your 41st birthday. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? For our, for Dave and I's, um, and my, um, anniversary, I, like, I was like, okay, like, let's do it. And we, like, both took a bite. And Dave is medium about sweets. I literally ate the whole thing. He took one bite and I just <laughs> stood up in the kitchen and finished the whole thing. It was delicious. But yeah, it's done. 40 is done. I am in my 40s now. I'm thriving. <laughs> it's great. I'm so young. 40 and thriving. <laughs> All right. Uh, the only other business I have is that I am in Boston. I am in Boston because we're at the start of a concert run for Boston Music Aviva. As you hear this, we have a concert this Saturday. Um, I'm actually here a little bit longer than normal for a concert week, but that's okay. Uh, as you probably heard, Luke was also in Boston on Friday. That was yesterday for when we're recording this. Uh, I emailed him because we were going to be landing, I think, around the same time yesterday morning. But he wasn't kidding. He did actually write back to me, which is a miracle. And he said uh, that he was going to be in and out in like five hours. So Dang. I tried to show him some yeah. Boston hospitality. I know Boston's out there. We're still hoping that TBTL would come to the Northeast eventually. Uh, I- I'm trying, but... He's going to come for more than a few hours to make it happen. So it is kind of amazing that that he has been pretty much all over the country, seemingly, and he's never been to Boston. Yeah, I don't know why that's weird. sort of odd. To and me. he made it sound like he was going to have a chance to check it out when he was talking yeah. about it earlier. Just sort of a bummer. It is a really cool city. Yeah, it is. Lots to do. This isn't the time of year I'd encourage anyone to come to Boston. No, but you know, you can still get a lobster roll and a cannoli from Mike's, I guess. But. Now, come in the spring, come in the summer. We'll all do something. It'll be great. Uh, we got some throw your phone moments uh, for this week. Uh, we got a lot of throw your phones, actually, this week. Uh, we'll just do a few now before we get started with the week. They're all relating to our uh, our clip show from Friday. There we go. I know words. I know all the words. I know the best <laughs> words. Uh, I'll start with... Uh, uh, listener Crit, does anyone want to sing in Mike's absence? No. <laughs> Let's get critical, critical. <laughs> That's it. I always have to I, sing somehow. <laughs> I almost let the silence go. You didn't have to fill it, but thank you. Bear was attaching his claws to my microphone at that very moment, so I was trying to kind of delicately extricate him from that scenario. Bear's getting critical. Yeah. Uh, Crit writes, hug my phone. These are really just a couple of observations from the great, all capital letters, clip show on Friday. Subject being cooking with Sean. No critiques here. Number one, good queso for Christy must be queso that you eat with a spoon like pudding. Yeah, Crit, obviously. She made queso and said it it wasn't that good that she had to possibly use it on a baked potato or nachos. You know things the queso is made to be used on. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about spooning cheese directly into my mouth. (laughs) Uh, This continues. Number two, in my opinion, Sean being a terrible, uh, or as Mike would probably say, terrible, cook is part of the bit. 
I guess it's debatable whether or not he was, quote, in on the joke, as they say. My guess is that he was. You really can't say someone has any talent towards something when he clearly has no natural instinct or knowledge. I feel like he always made some mind-boggling decision on a weird substitution. Radishes in a tuna casserole? (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, Number three, I love hearing the three of them together. It's insensitive to Andrew to outwardly pine for the days when the show was entertaining or well-produced or anything. <laughs> other, just a, I don't know if this is still a hug, Crit. <laughs> other than just a window into two people's lives for good or bad. So I try to avoid much of the, quote, good old days talk. But I had lots of fun listening to those clips. Thanks, all. Yeah. We feel really, the same way. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. Yeah. She does you know, all yes. the work on that. Yes. Yeah. We also got a couple of notes about our last recap. This is listener Sarah. It's true. Canned cat food smells utterly vile. I have a cat who needs to eat wet food, so I was thrilled to find that dehydrated raw foods don't smell bad at all, even rehydrated. Just something to think about from a very happy, honest kitten purchaser with an equally happy cat. Parenthetically, I did not throw my phone at all over this. Sarah's just getting out there. with. A... Do you have a promo code, Sarah, for honest kitten? <laughs> it's Seriously. honest kitchen, Bobby. Well, I, shouldn't it be an honest kitten? <laughs> well, hopefully the kitten is honest, too. I can second this. Canned cat food is disgusting. I give it to all of mine. Um, they get Royal Canaan, and it smells totally vile. There's no, yeah. So yeah. maybe I maybe I need to check that out. I don't know. I think I'm going to go launch a brand called Honest Kitten. I'd buy that. I just can't read tonight. That's all. It's been a long day. Listener Kelly, hug my phone, LRB359. Uh, animal foods ranked number one horse food number two rabbit food number three guinea pig food number four bird food ellipses number 127 dog food number 128 cat food number 129 lizard food number 130 snake food which i guess is just what live is that like a mouse (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then kelly writes one of the staff members at a backcountry outfitter i worked for used to tell us to pack cat food as our emergency food because we would never eat it unless we really needed it (laughs) i feel the cans are too heavy but this is the reason why i have a pumpkin spice cliff bar (laughs) stashed in my car slightly better than cat food (laughs) mildly Mildly. uh we'll do more throw your phones as we go uh but for now why don't we get into the weekend review all right um okay let's go monday 2764 bojack horse therapist uh this is the big one guys we like in fact i um to a little behind the scenes i typically listen if i'm gonna review a day i typically listen the next day because i'm at my work (laughs) i'm such a good worker that i'm at my work listening and i can type um, because I'm an old person, I'm 40, so I can type on a QWERTY uh, <laughs> uh, keypad, uh, uh, keyboard, and I can use my two screens and type out the notes for it. So I usually like doing that just because it's a little bit easier and better on my brain. But then we got like an SOS. Bobby, it was from you, wasn't it? Yes, it on was. The, yeah, an SOS, like, you have to listen mm-hmm. now. And I'm like, my heart starts beating, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I keep thinking maybe Carrie's pregnant or whatever. You know, the show's ending, something. And then I'm trying not to look back at the um, at back at our um, chat because I kind of want to just know what happens from the show. So I'm listening, listening, and, you know, right at about the 30-minute mark, 30 minute mark, it's like, ooh, there it is. Um, it, you know, I want to try to be as sensitive as I can about this. I mean, obviously... <laughs> We're all drinking tonight, so it's not like we are in the same place as Luke, but um, we had sort of discussed this before we started recording, and it's like, 
we all sort of knew this day was going to come and I don't want to be callous. Like, ugh, duh. Like, this is, this is what was going to happen. But it was, it was just about time for him to realize that this was a negative part of his life. Um, and I'm reminded of, and we're just going to get right into it. I mean, there were some ancillary things at the beginning about, I don't know, you know, Andrew yeah. playing Who cares? Stardew Valley, whatever. It's, I don't care. Um, but I remember Jen a long time ago, it might've been the radio days, but it was obviously a while ago when they, they were talking about drinking. Oh, it was maybe when Mike hosted actually, and was asking them about questions about themselves on that. You know, it was like the one year anniversary. Oh, like interviewing them. Yeah. 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 And asked about drinking. And she said, it only adds to my life. It doesn't subtract from my life. And Mm -hmm. I always thought that was really interesting and kind of took that as like sort of a guiding thing about, I don't know, sort of anything. Is it adding to your life? I mean, obviously everything has its negative consequences, like you're hungover or whatever, but is it adding to your life or is it taking away? And I, oh, I thought that that was a really good insight from Jen. And I think that Luke just finally realized like, this is a negative aspect of his life. There's almost literally nothing positive that it brings except those 20 minutes where you're sort of buzzed or whatever, and you're having a good time. Um, anyway, so Luke tells the story about, what happened? And I guess to start it off is that he, he bought, you know, he's going through these different ways. It's like not drinking because he's dieting or, or, you know, buying Canadian slash Chinese. I'm not really sure. Dysel Firem. Meredith, do you know about this? I don't know anything about it. So. Um, I know about the various like permutations of that drug. Yeah. It makes you just have an extremely bad reaction to alcohol. You know, it'll make you throw up. Um, feel just totally awful it's supposed to be a deterrent that sounds really scary i mean i guess if you need it it's necessary it but works the way for some was... people um yeah. you know alcohol treat alcoholism treatment is notoriously unreliable and has a super low success rate it's more about the person's commitment than any sort of treatment yeah. that they're doing yeah where you just have to i mean i'm not like all about like willpower because I think sometimes it's bullshit, but like yeah. in, in this case is that you kind of need to have a little bit more willpower. You do, but you know, and it's also finding the thing that works, you know, and that's just to say yeah. like AA works for some people. It does not work for a lot yeah. of people. Suboxone yeah. works for some, not all, you know, it's just that you have to figure out what that, works. For sure. You also need to use it under the care of a medical professional. Not a Chinese internet person. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, not that's... to say those things could be mutually exclusive. There may be Chinese internet people who are also doctors. Sure. <laughs> sure. But go to them if you're in China. Like, <laughs> right. he's got medical insurance. <laughs> you can go to a doctor you know, in, in Seattle. My uncle goes to Mexico to get, like, his teeth worked on because he doesn't have, like, great insurance. And they do a really good job. Like, you can go to different places, mm-hmm. but maybe go to them and, know, like, internet, you know, source yeah. it out. Um, okay. So the kind of the story as I, and I have a picture of Dave when I, he's telling the story, this is before he admitted everything, but while he's telling the story, Dave is just like, like, it's just sort of a, like, Oh God, no, don't Mm -hmm. make these choices. But he drinks on Halloween, I guess, Carrie's in Seattle working, drinks on Halloween, then decides to go to the local casino Drink so much that he invites all of the casino workers back to his house, which I was like, oh, I'm so stressed out right now. This I is know, like me too. this is 
I mean, just watching. And it seems like these were nice people. Uh, Luke was, you know, the, maybe the worst one out of all of them. But it just is like, they're going to trash the place. They don't know you. They don't give well, a shit. Well, it's such a weird thing to invite a bunch of strangers back to your house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a pretty uh, bad sign. When you're, you know, completely intoxicated. Yeah. Um, and then... I guess from then on, he just, he blacks out. Um, and then he wakes up to Rich, which this is not funny. I mean, it's lovely that Rich came by, but I, at some point later in the show, um, Andrew said, what if this was all to prove that Rich is real? That was exactly what I thought. It's like, sure, Rich came over. <laughs> all right. Rich is like the Snuffleupagus of yeah. uh, TBTL. <laughs> um. And then Carrie, the, the scariest part is that Carrie couldn't get a hold of him uh, for a while. That would freak me out. I mean, I don't, I, you know, oh, David yeah. and I don't go like an hour without, I don't know, not an hour, but like, you know, a certain amount of time without touching base. When and he said it was like five I, hours. Oh, and that's, re- that's really scary. I mean, my mind always goes to like the worst, you know, well, oh, they're sure. dead in a ditch for- on the side of the road yeah. or something, you know. So yeah, and Carrie knows- totally be freaked out. Carrie knows Luke, you know, she knows that he does kind of dumb harebrained shit and that he <laughs> has a tendency to to drink and stuff. So I'm sure she's just thinking the worst. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I know that um, normally when your mother-in-law like <laughs> comes over, that's not the greatest. But Carrie's mother sounds wonderful um, and just like a really, I mean, Susie's a great mom and she's idiosyncratic and you know, has her ways and loves Luke. But I think that Carrie's mom seems like the right mom at this, like non-judgmental, you know, just warm embrace. Like we love you and we're here for you kind of mom. And it seemed like a, a perfect fit. I mean, I would be like, why is my mother-in-law here? But it just really seemed to be the, what he needed right at that time. You know, um, what just occurred to me is that Susie's in AA too. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It's definitely, you know, I think for a long time he probably thought, well, I'm different than my mom, but they're not that different. Um, And then, you know, it's just Luke saying he's just not going to drink anymore, um, which is great. I don't, I'm not concerned. I'm like interested because I'm interested in his life. Like, uh, like what his path is going to be. Is he going to be an AA or whatever? I mean, I don't have how, whatever works for him is great, but He's not going to drink anymore. He's very positive. He's definitely on that like high of deciding like this mm-hmm. is I'm done. This is it for me. And, um, and it's kind of seems like he's, you know, eating kind of not on his grind and, and they're really just like, like just holding up at their house and it's like this warm cocoon. So I hope that, that he's able to sustain that for a little bit. Um, but I laughed. It was like, he, went to therapy which is I'm glad he's actually going to like an actual therapist I mean I'm sure these online things are fine but he needs in this case he needs to see somebody in person Chinese doctor therapists (laughs) (laughs) Reiki therapy or whatever but I'm glad (laughs) I'm glad that he's able to go and he's able to go because at 830 in the morning because he's not hung over and he actually was telling that a lot and listen I've been hung over a fair amount, but I I don't think I realized how much it was like a part of his life. Like waking up early was a problem because he was hungover or like it affected his productivity or anything like that. I guess I've always been the kind of person, like I learned my limits early on and I learned 
real quick that I didn't want to go there. And I've never had a problem, like, thankfully, I've never had a problem stopping myself yeah. before, way before yeah. I get to that limit. Um, and part of it is a hangover is a huge deterrent. It's uh, awful. It really I don't, is. I don't <laughs> like that feeling at all. So that's one of the things that totally um, is able to keep me on the straight and narrow um, as I drink yeah. my whiskey. I mean, I'm having a whiskey. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but I no, I totally agree. Like, I had no idea that he was feeling like this, like, every day. That just sounds awful. I, mean, I feel That's pretty him. brutal. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's one of those times when we remember that TVTL is still a show and not just his entire life. And yeah. he still chooses to present what he presents. And so Monday was a a stark contrast because we weren't getting... Luke Burbank podcast character, you know, yeah. Yeah. for the first, yeah. and, and you know, he's very open, but I think when you're really open, it actually makes it maybe even a little easier to shield some things. And I mean, we yeah. all knew we liked to drink, but yeah, this was, uh, this was quite the revelation for a lot of us. Well, and I, I thought that it was, I thought Andrew, I mean, Andrew did what he had to do was basically like mostly remain silent in this. Mm-hmm. Cause this was Luke's deal. But Andrew did say, and I, <sighs> I related to this a lot and that Andrew said drinking is a part of the mythology of the show, which it totally is. I mean, I think that even on one of the um, clip shows, Christy and Anne did something about all their like drinking, mm-hmm. you know, funny stories in which we were like, <laughs> maybe we should have some people that actually drink to come. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, but... it makes sense now because we got three people drinking to talk about Luke's sobriety. But I thought it was, it is totally a part of the mythology and it was just this light kind of funny. I mean, obviously when he got into, busted his nose or whatever or have gotten right. into fights with people like that's troubling but um, but they've always been presented in a super funny way but it is a part of the mythology and I understand that in a way of like you understand generally you understand how you present to the world and sometimes if you change something you feel like oh, I'm gonna let people down by changing this oh, yeah. aspect of myself and I I felt for Luke because I I know that you know where you're just like this is not what I'm doing anymore I'm not doing it and I'm you just have to let go of other people's expectations totally um, I mean I and I, I thought not to not that it's at all the same but I had a lot of those same fears when I got divorced it was like this is a terrible oh, I'm thing sure. to do and it's a you know nobody is going to be into this and you know I was really worried about what everybody else was going to think for a, for a good while and then it, it it's clear at some point that you're like my happiness is more important my health my happiness is more important than what other people yes. think so yeah. I guess they can think whatever they want and I I need to do what I need to do and I'm really glad that Luke got to that point Totally I mean it was it had to happen before you know, something really bad yeah. happens or, or, you know, his relationship, I mean, I guess that is really bad, but his relationship gets sort of skewed. And uh, Carrie has the patience of Job sometimes. Yeah, so does. I'm sure that she's, you know, she loves him and she's there for him, but I'm sure that a part of her is like, thank God, like he finally kind of figured this out and we can move on with our lives doing different stuff. Um, but I, I know it's going to be hard, but I, I think, think he has a lot of support around him and as they talked a lot a lot is about you know him being worried that like oh we're gonna go watch the Hawks game and you know we're all gonna rage and that people are gonna be disappointed I'm like nobody gives a shit honestly nobody gives a shit I don't know if that's true though you know I, I feel like sometimes people get really weird 
about other people not drinking. I've, For I've sure. been in social situations where I didn't feel like drinking and people act like you are offending them you know like why aren't you what's going on why aren't you drinking I don't know I just don't feel like it and there have been plenty of times where I've gone to parties and I have had like I asked the bartender for like a soda with a lime and a straw so it looks like I'm having a gin and tonic or something just so that people don't give me yeah just so people don't give me a hard time about it because and then I always wonder about people like that like why do you care what I'm doing with my with my drinking like maybe you should think about your relationship with alcohol if you have such a problem problem with me not drinking like people really do get weird about that sometimes they totally do the only other thing that I'm worried about and Luke seems very like cool about it uh and the two times that I have been pregnant especially with Rory the hanging around people who are drunk is not fun mm. it's fucking annoying yes. they think they're I mean I am very guilty of this they think they're very charming and smart and neither of those are true when you're no, not Hillary, you're, on you're the charming same. and smart when you're drunk we- <laughs> We've seen it, yeah. But like, if I videotaped myself, somebody videotaped me, and I heard me sloshing around my drink and like having a political discussion, I'd be like, "Oh my, go to bed." Um, but so it'll be interesting to see. He's, I would imagine that he's going to have to limit some interaction until he's fully comfortable with that. Well, sometimes of one of the life. yeah, sometimes you have to change your whole friend group. When you get sober. I mean, I've never had to go through it, but I've had some friends. I mean, one of my best friends when I, when we were in our early twenties had to kick a heroin habit. Um, and she had to stop entirely stop hanging out with those people because it was just like a, I'm going to die if I don't do this. And these people are enabling me and I can't be around them anymore. So she just had, and that's one of the sacrifices that you have to make. It's like, there goes all my friends. So I need, now I need to find new friends. (laughs) That's how Meredith lost her friend. (laughs) <laughs> dropped so that well, I was trying to make a joke about Meredith being a bad influence but again, <laughs> hey I went to NA with this girl I was an awesome friend I'm a good friend um that's that's basically like the gist of the you know most of the show the non um no point portion of the show um I, there was just some other stuff like Luke said it was his last weekend, except that the last weekend was just when the guy got drunk the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And it won Best Picture in 1954, which Luke was like, have you ever heard of this movie? I don't know why it like annoyed me. I'm like, this is a famous movie. Um, and Luke saw a bumper sticker that said, I love guns and coffee, which he wanted to tweet out, but is trying to be like more peaceful. And Luke, <laughs> I, I understand being annoyed. He needs to not just go to like, I want to tweet this out because that's so like annoyingly millennial to be like, let me tweet this out or put it on Instagram. Like just be annoyed and maybe like give money or like go volunteer for somebody like like, turn it into action and not just like shame. Well, he also Um, needs to not do it because he's pretty bad at Twitter and pretty bad at Instagram. So (laughs) bad. Even in sobriety, I like this week. I'm like, dude, no, stop. Weird flex. Stop doing that. Like it's played out. You're done. Um, and then, um, the last thing was Luke was just saying that it was like an 80s teen movie and I was just a mad like every time I see 16 candles or whatever insert teen movie where they're having a party at somebody's house it so stresses me out actually I was reading Cat in the Hat last night to Bridget actually she was reading it to me because she's starting to 
like read pretty well. She was reading it to me and it fully stresses me out because the cat and the two things like trash the place. And I'm like, you have to clean it up. You have- Mom's coming home. You have to clean it up. <laughs> so just like thinking about <laughs> thinking about Luke having this like 80s teen rager at his house. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> just as I mean, Carrie, they spent so much money and time on that house. And he's just inviting random people who are probably fine, but they don't give a shit about him. So I was uh, stressed out. But, uh, you know, he's come to. Um, okay, quickly for the no point, whatever. <sighs> Summary. <laughs> Se- <laughs> Seahawks and the Browns both lost. They're both like a little bummed about it. Um, they say that K-Dude is like a dirge when they lose. Um, L-, um, L, that's in my notes. Luke thinks that Wilson has lost a step. I, you know, I think that he's a good quarterback. It's t- he's in a tough. He, okay. Personally, how I feel is that you know, obviously, I love Brady, but Brady is such a traditional quarterback that he's really only been super injured, knock on wood, once because he just like stays in the pocket for the most part. He never runs to a frustrating degree. Now Russell doesn't run that much anymore, but like that was always his thing. Is like he can throw, but also he can kind of he's a little bit nimble, and you can't really do that because you have you know, 400 pound guys like coming at you, maybe not 400, but really big guys coming at you. Um, and so I think that maybe that causes him to be a little bit more cautious and wary about getting injured. That's my personal opinion. Um, I don't watch a lot of Seahawks games. We don't really get them here that much, but that's, I, I think, I think that he's a really good guy and I think he's a good quarterback. I do. I think he's like a top, top quarterback. No, but I think he's really good. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Luke is like, I have a hot take, which is like a medium take where he thinks that the Hawks need to spend money on a running back. Fine. Carson isn't healthy enough. The problem is running backs like only stay healthy for a couple of years. Um, so, uh, okay. You almost need to not spend money. You need to find, again, you need to be like a Belichick. You need to find like the diamond in the rough. You need to find somebody <laughs> who's going to, you don't have to pay that much for, and they're going to perform for you. That's, kind of their you know the Patriots method and paying for somebody I mean Marshawn being the exception but uh, I don't know you just need to practice somebody out and find them well, I don't um, know. when Marshawn was with the Bills uh, <laughs> uh, and then he turned in <laughs> well you, so great you to, yeah I mean no not everyone can be the Bill Belichick because not everyone can take the rejects and bullies and assholes yeah. of the mm-hmm. league and mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, find find half a season out of Josh Gordon before he, you know, ruins it somehow again. That's tough. He looked pretty uh, good last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, of course, you and I are both listening to, and I just listened to the latest episode of that podcast about Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, I know. I for sure that. Listen, it's really good. It's a good podcast. I what is it called? Uh, Gladiator. Yes, Gladiator, yeah. and it's a wandering podcast, really- so it'll definitely be a movie in a year or two. For sure, it's. I mean, luckily, I I have complicated feelings about Wondery podcast, but it's teamed up with the Spotlight team, um, so right. it's a good it's a good listen because he had a. I mean, I'm not going to excuse anything he's done, but he had a complicated life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, they move on. And I I summarize this as lots of ref complaints, which to me, I just sort of shut down. I know that ref complaints happen. And I like, I know that the refs are not this like, it's not parody across the board and they're not seeing everything perfectly. But 
I just, it's kind of exhausting. And I, and, and even Luke said he knows it's dumb and he knows that things have been called, you know, against other teams when they're playing the Seahawks. But, um, I just think it's sort of boring. And then the Browns talk is boring. That's all all I said. Browns talk is boring. And they really want to say, Mahomie, don't play that about the um, KC quarterback. So, Mm -hmm. and then there was more ref talk. So that's basically the gist of Monday. Yeah, that's pretty concise. The only sport update I had is that I crushed Luke's fantasy team, but it didn't even feel, it didn't even feel good because like I actually legitimately had a great week and he didn't start four of his positions. (laughs) So like, I felt like it was a wasted week. (laughs) I don't know what any of you were talking about. So um, why don't we go to Tuesday, 2765, take two McConans and call me in the morning. Um, Luke tells a delightful story about how Rich, who's definitely real, came by to check on him um, and they had a nice discussion. I'm doing this while a kitten is crawling all over my shoulders. So I'm really sorry if there's a lot of uh, background noise because he likes to chew on the cords too. Um, so he comes over to check on Luke. They're um, sitting at his uh, counter, it sounds like, on, on what Luke ca- keeps calling high chairs, but are definitely stools, right? Um, <laughs> There's a lot of children hanging here. Can't, can't come up with the word stool. Um, I threw my phone a little bit about that. And uh, he's he's going on and on uh, to Rich about how, how well he's doing and he's feeling great. And then he gets up off the stool and he falls over because his leg is totally asleep. And I've done this. I felt really bad for him because I have been in this scenario, except I was in a job interview. And so I kind of feel like it was a million times worse. I was, you know, like when you're in a job and you're not comfortable, you're sitting there trying to like present yourself well. And I had crossed my legs and I didn't want to look fidgety. So I just left them crossed. And one of my legs just completely Uh. died. Just 100% dead to where you don't even feel it. Like when you sleep on your arm and wake up and it's gone. It was that somehow just from sitting at this desk and so i get up what we're gonna go walk to someone someone else's office or something and i just like stumble and fall right over against the wall it was horrible (laughs) you're like excuse me i'm drunk i was like i'm so sorry my my leg died like i it's such a dumb thing to 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 have to say and they were of course very cool about it it was fine it was actually i it was for my um internship in grad school and I got it so it didn't it wasn't the worst but it was extremely embarrassing <laughs> it probably made you memorable like the, I hope the girl so. that fell is great <laughs> <laughs> she she played off that stumble really well I did not um uh Luke is he talks about this all week but he he says uh how grateful he is for the support from the tens, he's getting a lot of nice emails and tweets and stuff um, from from people saying that they support him and and they're happy for him and and he just wants to let us know that he appreciates this. Um, they do the donors of the day, and Nick Armies is one of the donors today, and that leads them into monster truck talk. Um, and oh, Luke, right. being now a pro at monster truck driving, uh, <laughs> discusses how he has such a, a new appreciation for this quote-unquote sport. And uh, Andrew grew up with it, so he's always kind of had it. Was this when the... Um, no, it wasn't Demolition Derby talk, but it was just the general destruction that goes with monster truck rallies. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Just driving mm. over like rows yeah. of dead cars and stuff. 
Oh boy. Um, they talk then. So today, um, Tuesday is election day and it was a day of high anxiety, probably for everybody. Definitely for me. Um, sounds like for Luke and Andrew as well. And Luke was talking about how NPR's election coverage is not the best. And, and he said this before and it's true about their, their live coverage is kind of terrible. It's kind of awkward and horrible to listen to them try to vamp. Um, they're just not good at it. And it's not where their strengths are. They have many strengths, but that's just not one of them. Um, and I would agree. I, I, they were talking about kind of how you deal with these, with these stressful things that, you know, you go vote and you've done your thing. There's nothing else you can do. Um, is it good for your mental health to just sit there and obsess over the results before they're in, you know, it's kind of, so they were talking about how you deal with that. It's like, would you rather just be locked in a chamber and, and, and come out once everything's been tallied or would you stress over the details? And I, I didn't really have this problem. Um, I, I voted for sure. I kind of went out to dinner and didn't want to worry about it too much. And, um, after the polls closed, I was checking kind of pretty infrequently but i had a feeling that it was going to go this way and it did so yeah. i i was yeah. i was happy about it um and as far as like an, an overview i um i for some i'm even though austin is a you know i've said this before austin is a liberal town ish uh but my office i work in commercial real estate and it's about well, other guys that want to make a lot of money mostly guys uh so i'm like the token liberal in the office so everybody's coming up to me saying like what does it look like what does it look like and you know i know well enough that um election day is you know there's nothing you can't I, you can't I, and and um exit polls are like lie detector tests like they're not like real you know maybe they show some like direction but they're not a real indicator right um but then that night I had scheduled to get my hair done because I was like, I'm going to get my hair done. I really needed to get it done. And this was a day that she could fit me in. And I thought, okay, she has me in at five. I'll be done by like seven or eight or whatever. And I found it because I am such a news junkie to kind of a disturbing degree that I found like I was under the little heater thing and my phone was out of reach. And I was like, can you hand me my phone? Oh, and so I'm yeah. like scrolling through it. But there was nothing. I mean, and a lot, most of the really big... Um, races well, a couple of them haven't even been decided yet because right. they're going to recount but like the the beto one which i know i've said beto in the past I, it's because i've known people with that i know it's beto it's fine um, sure it's but beto. the beto <laughs> i know um <laughs> but he um i like was following that one it was so back and forth and it was it, i mean i will go on a monologue like a little diatribe about it but i know that it was at the end, like it was sort of decisive for Cruz, but for Texas, it was close for a really, really long time. He won like a couple of really important counties that are pretty red. Anyway, um, so I'm just kind of following it like a horse race. And it, I realized it didn't really serve me well. Like it was not those minute by minute things aren't great because even if you look at it like today, it's so different than it was on Wednesday morning because the lady in um in Arizona, like she's up now and she could actually win the Arizona right. um, Senate. So it's like, it's a different picture. Like give it like a breath. Like let's take a moment. It take we all have different voting, you know, counting abilities. These 95 year olds that are counting votes or whatever, like they're not, don't, don't count on them <laughs> to do it in eight hours. So yeah. anyway, it's, I've kind of realized like my, my strategy for following it, even though I'm like, I am an obsessive. It's not actually healthy or good. Because it doesn't really provide anything. 
It doesn't. I was able to kind of step back from it, and I'm really glad about that. There's just a little bit of Werther's original and Fixident on the corners of each of those ballots now. (laughs) (laughs) Did it freak you out, Bobby? What did you do? I am ashamed of how much news, TV, garbage news I watched Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I uh, got home and just... I was home actually all day, and during the day I sort of let things go. I went and voted, you know, <clears throat> midday. But I just spent the entire evening and night bouncing between MSNBC and CBS. And Sam, we were in bed, and Sam finally wanted to go to sleep. And I, you know, she said it. She said it wasn't bothering her in the way Hillary says it's fine. she was being nice hillary yeah Yeah. and so i i did keep watching it and i watched cable news until like 1 a.m east which is you know this is a detriment of being in the east coast you know things are still happening in california Mm -hmm. but i just i finally gave up and went to sleep you know i knew we had won the house and i say we because i'm pretty confident where we all stand if you're listening and you don't feel like i'm a tea partier i don't know what you're talking about yeah (laughs) yeah come explain to me why you uh why you hate poor people um <laughs> yeah you know we had taken back the house and and i never thought we would take back the senate so i, I was a little upset that yeah. so many people were so crestfallen i was like it wasn't gonna it was happen. never like, project projected yeah this is, was my nice thing and- this is what i was doing freaking on on tuesday night as i like was copying and pasting things to people like listen because all these people were so invested in Beto that they were like so crestfallen. I'm like, he was never going to win. This is as close as it, since 1994, uh, a Democrat has not won statewide in Texas. So this was as good as it's going to get. And like, if he had won, it would have been a fucking miracle. So let's just like look at the things that are amazing about this election. Like Texas actually sent the first two Latinos to Congress, which is amazing. That the, I mean, don't even get me started, but that's awesome you know michigan sent mm-hmm. what two muslims to congress yep. like that's amazing mm-hmm. um you know there's and all we these flipped amazing- the governorship like there are a lot yes. of governorships flipped yeah fucking scott walker is out like the, he's yes. a, like a monster oh so there's michigan these- michigan legalized uh recreational marijuana Weed. you guys <laughs> i'm coming to visit did, did they? Park. yes did they? <laughs> they did are we having a, an LRB meetup in, in Detroit? We should. <laughs> I think so. A tiny fence meetup. A tiny fence concert at my house. <laughs> so I, I was like, listen, there are so many good things. It's it, and, and I encourage everybody to look, and I've sent this out, but the, the Austin Chronicle, which is sort of the stranger, I guess, of – of Austin had this cover that it was just like inch by fucking inch. Like, this is how we have to do it. It's not going to be overnight. You don't want it to be overnight. You want people to slowly realize like, okay, this is the right thing to do. It's not, it's not because we're so captivated. I mean, I love Obama, but people, so many people were just like captivated by the persona of him. And you want people to just like realize, Oh, these are the right things that we need to do. And it's going to take people a little bit to figure it out, but like they seemingly are figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Election talk. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of other content in this episode. Um, <laughs> two points I wrote down. One is that they're mad that meat is too cheap. <laughs> they're angry about cheap cheap nuggets. Just just give them both really the the business. They're they're not happy about that at all. There's no reason for nuggets to be that inexpensive and maybe if they're that cheap you shouldn't eat them um 
I tend to agree. Um, and then uh, the next, I think, quote unquote, top story for the day is that Axel Rose um, tweeted <laughs> that he's not necessarily into Trump, but he welcomes all his fans. And the amazing thing was that he genuinely uses apostrophe N <laughs> instead of and. He used it throughout the whole tweet. And I just think that's delightful. This was just a natural thing for him to name his family. Yeah, I I read it before Luke talked about it. And I, a couple people had retweeted it into my timeline. Mm-hmm. And I was reading it. It really took me like a minute to read it because the apostrophe N like really got, I was like, wait, what? What does that mean? And then yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, it means and. But it was actually a very well-reasoned, you know, I agree with all, I mean, listen, Axel has his issues, but his political (laughs) stances, I fully agree with. Um, But that that, mm, was was a lot to get over. Yeah, he comes, well, he comes by it honestly. I was really impressed that he really has, he's committed to this bit. So good for Axel. So it's the apostrophe before the end. No, it's the apostrophe after the end. But not before the N. So the D gets an apostrophe, but the A just magically Oh, is it after? It is after. I just looked oh. it up to be safe. Maybe that's why I had such a problem reading it. Because I was like, mm, what? <laughs> well, so I have my AP style book right here. Because I want to double check that rock and roll is the way it's written. <laughs> and I believe the apostrophe goes on both sides of the N. So what I'm saying is that Axl Rose is not following AP style. Oh, boy. (laughs) Going to have to write him an email. Maybe he's a Chicago guy. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, rock and roll, apostrophe on both sides. Well, I want to get this right because because of our earlier conversation, uh, Hillary, you are now 40 and QWERTY. (laughs) Right. I like it. So... (laughs) That that's enough for Tuesday, right? I'm not cutting you <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I took a, a lot of notes for Wednesday, but then when I went to put them on the run sheet, I realized that most of them didn't matter. So <laughs> I think I can condense this to a pretty short, uh, pretty short summary. They start with microphone talk, which I know everybody loves. Whether you're a sure guy or a an Audio Technica shotgun mic guy like Andrew, you gotta love your mic talk. Then uh, a I, note mean, I that, have an Audio Technica, so I was kind too. of excited that yeah. and now I was like, hey, listen. We're an Audio Technica podcast. We are. Uh, we are. Uh, although sometimes, sometimes I use a little soundboard and I cheat and I use a, a different microphone. But <gasps> traitor, scandalous. Sometimes you just need a little, a little. Uh, yeah, sometimes you need the stranger. Which reminds me, when you talk about <laughs> falling asleep on your arm, that Luke <laughs> slipped in a reference to that being the stranger. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> We've occasionally gotten mentions, I think, okay, once. Somebody noted that I will interject something as a conversation <laughs> moving on that nobody recognizes, and Andrew just completely ignored Luke. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. Uh, they got to talking about public radio, a conversation that came up again on Friday, and they mentioned that Allison Stewart got a show on WNYC in the slot from Hockenberry, I think. It was from The Takeaway. Or whatever the latest iteration of it is, or w- one of the many NPR slash public radio shows that got taken down in the Me Too movement. There were several. Uh, he's such a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Allison Stewart uh, on the air, and Luke says good things about her, which is different than 
uh, the past. Right, right. <laughs> like, I was surprised at how warm he was towards her, because uh, in the past he was extremely the opposite. I believe this is when he corrected the record for accidentally saying she was the one who asked about Bill Clinton boxers or briefs. Yes. Right. When she was simply moderating that conversation like a hapless White House intern who couldn't keep Jim Acosta down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get a conversation about how they repeat conversations. And there was a Howard Stern tie in there. Uh, And it's not the first time they've had a conversation about repeating conversations, which makes it really meta. (laughs) Um, I don't think we need to go too far down that one. Uh, Andrew has what he calls a couple of mea copas. he had been gently ribbing public radio and Tuesday's coverage because he didn't like that it wasn't wall-to-wall election coverage. He took criticism of a, a local show that didn't end up being local. He actually thought that the local NPR shows, the local affiliate shows, were very good. And it's probably good that he says that because I know that they have local Seattle area public radio listeners. Hmm. Uh, and they talk about how public radio is live or awkward when it's live because they don't know how to talk live. They're it's so used to having scripts. True. But before Dave, I mean, before I started listening to TBTL, Dave and I would listen to like talk. What was the one? Um, I, t- not talk of the town. That's not what it was called. Talk, talk of, of the, the nation. nation. <laughs> it's like a Go big bigger. town. And, uh, and I remember <laughs> being, and it was sort of live. And I remember thinking, why do they do this? Li- like when they take calls, I have to change the radio station mm-hmm. because it's stressed me out so much because they never know how to react to anything. It's always like they're taken off guard. Why would somebody ask this question? And even when I listen to some um, WNYC shows, there's that one. Oh, shoot. It, this is, I feel like Andrew right now. There's the one um, where the guy takes like calls, which I sort of enjoy because it's these super New York people. But even that, it kind of just, I don't know. It stresses me out. I mean, not to be like a Howard Stern stand, but he knows how to take a call. I mean, he's usually a dick to the person, but it's not <laughs> awkward. Um, and that's the uh, NPR- America on the line. Is that the one? No, it's the one with like Michael. Oh, I'm not. I'll figure it out. Like, I get it though, Hillary. Minutes. I have. I even can't. I could barely stand the Diane Reem show when they went to oh. callers. Mm-hmm. No, I, can't. I had to turn that off because she's. No. You know, sometimes they would come out with something insane. And yes. she would just, oh, it just, ugh, it gives me the shakes to think about it. The call screeners are not, because the call screeners are all like interns, so mm-hmm. they're not that great. And, well, then people can uh, say whatever they want once they get, if they're yeah, right. sane enough to get through the screener, they can say some crazy stuff on the air. Morning Zoo I mean, honestly, us that. Uh, or, or TBTL is, TV, yeah, TBTL is really lucky because in all of their, I mean, they didn't have so many terrible um, call takers and then even the call makers i mean obviously call makers are like super fans so they're primed to be ready but they're also i mean i listen to my call makers um and i'm very nervous but i like get on track at some point and i'm like in the tbtl mode but they were pretty lucky that they like the uh the people that they had but for the most part yeah npr is just not suited for that they're suited for long form very practiced um Mm -hmm. recordings And they are absolutely right. NPR really leans into the horns on the music for their election coverage. (laughs) (laughs) They do. That's a a BJ Liederman special right there, I'm sure. (laughs) 
How much do you think BJ Lederman is worth? Like, does he get royalties or was it just like a, I mean, he is the, you know, signature composer for NPR, national NPR. And he's done a lot of the other shows too, but I bet he's not that much. And, you know, I really should, uh, he's, he's one of, you know, one of my people, he's, he's a contemporary music composer. Like I should know more about him than I do. Ooh, here we go. Uh, (laughs) HowRichCelebs.com, PJ Lederman net worth. <laughs> He's 62 years old. Uh, unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they've just been paying him in tote bags the whole time. Current.org has an article called BJ Lederman, the Manic Depressive Minstrel of Public Media. <laughs> Jeez. Can you put that in the Slack? I think we need to yeah. link that. Show notes. <laughs> Current, the official, unofficial, official public radio publication. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know when Ooh. you're listening to a show that doesn't have a B.J. Lederman theme, that it's it's the Bush League of radio shows. <laughs> right. Exactly. They they couldn't afford B.J. on that one. <laughs> this article starts out weird. Shoot. We're going to put this in the in the comments. You guys are going to have to check this out. Yeah. Uh, the, the Queen movie was apparently panned. Um, it's too bad. I can totally see why it is that bad. And I've heard other places too, that it's not good. And that's sad. But you know, what's so weird is it's one of those movies that I've heard literally nothing good about. I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I listen to a lot of like pre Oscar podcasts, which is a very like niche, my thing. Um, and they all were like, this is not a good movie. It's really, you know, uh, Brian Singer I believe was the director, but then they got him off because there had some weird sex stuff going on. Um, there's just, it, they said that like Rami Malek is really good in it, but it's just really, really uneven. And they super skirt the uh, like gay aid stuff because it's made by the guys that were in queen and they want whatever. La la la. It's not supposed to be great. I have heard nothing but amazing things about it from people who have seen it. Now, hmm. th- I don't know if that necessarily makes it, good but as far as people really enjoying it i think that they have really enjoyed it because queen's music is really popular like it's and it's been really popular for a super long time so it's like generations have heard it on like either the radio or like you know jock jams you know so it's just something that is in your life all the time whether you like it or not so i've you know it's something that dave would like and i probably wouldn't go see people are pounding their (laughs) seats and clapping to a third of it so it's fine. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Luke tells the story that uh, a Livewire producer at one point either got or let Van Dyke Parks get high before going on the show. Uh, <laughs> this was in, um, I forget how they transitioned from movie to interview talk, but that's okay because there's actually more interview talk Friday, but uh, Van Dyke Parks. Yeah. It was the co-founder and producer of the show who let that guest get high because they were talking about bad guests and then uh, and bad highs and Dan Savage and Don Funches both known for, I guess, getting high and then going online wire. They've got a theme actually. Guests uh, not being in their right state of mind on that show. Yeah. Uh, then we do more political talk, just like we did rehashing Tuesday. Luke talks about how at one point he was texting with uh, Chris Hayes, who was at Beto's rally, which actually I thought was a testament to Beto that someone as big as an anchor yeah. was dispatched out to be at his rally. Chris Hayes is definitely like top 
three, I feel like, at, when people think of MSNBC. I mean, it's like Rachel, number one. And Brian Williams is like an ancillary person. Like, he's only there for, I don't know. I mean, I don't watch that much of it, but for like the big, big stuff. But Chris Hayes is like definitely a big part of it. I mean, he, and yeah. he's definitely the like millennial slash like people my age, whatever generation X or whatever. That's like somebody, I mean, Chris and I are roughly the same age. So it's like somebody that I respond to. And for the fact that they sent him, I mean, they probably see the tea leaves. I don't know if he's going to run for president, but I wouldn't be surprised either. So it's like, they want to be on the ground floor of it. Right. He needs some amazing gains. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's incredible yeah, what he's done. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke texts Chris to ask if we should be terrified. And Chris Hayes texts back, quote, yes, you should be terrified. And this is about the lame duck Congress, right? Yeah, the fact that Congress still has a couple of months to fuck everything up. Yeah, Yeah. they should take them off the air immediately. Yep. We have like some like like multi-level marketing person as the acting attorney general, which is amazing. I'm super psyched about that. Yeah. Someone who scams vets. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's it weird. Seems is, is he in Betsy DeVos's downline? I mean, he must be. <laughs> He's like Amway all the way. The government is turning into Scamway. <laughs> oh, actually, gosh. that that actually does make their <laughs> their general economic ideas work it it's does. all about <laughs> trickle down which doesn't yeah. ever trickle anywhere yeah uh as already mentioned beto dropping his uh his f-bomb live in his concession speech which was amazing yeah whatever okay so i, was- I mean this he might be our president at some point but i think he's like pretty cute and him yeah. Like dropping that made him infinitely more yes, hot. I mean, I was did. like, yeah, dang. And you know what? Maybe it was practiced or whatever. He seemed really fevered and in the moment. I mean, I'm not going to be naive yeah. and say that he didn't think about it before, but I don't think he was like writing it out on his notes. No, know, but like, he is obviously fucking... a good politician, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they all yeah. have this thing. Like he's, he's super charismatic and whether he did it on purpose or not doesn't really matter because we are totally responding to it. Yep. <laughs> yes. We're well, like, yes. The difference between an F-bomb and just inaudible, like syllable yelling is, uh, we had a Democrat <laughs> do that and it ruined yeah, his career. It didn't work. It didn't go yeah. out. Yeah. It didn't go well. Cause he didn't so, have the same charisma. Right. You no. don't want to be Howard Dean. It's good to be a better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the joke about the, this was Brian Williams joke about swapping out Steve Kornacki, uh, Kornacki's, uh, SIM card. Right. I, I laughed in real time <laughs> when he made good. that joke too. Yeah. Uh, we get a fun side note that Luke smiles in hotel mirrors before he goes out to do a gig just to make sure he knows what he looks like when he's smiling. And Andrew says that he barks in the mirrors for the same reason. Okay, was he Andrew. serious about that? No. Do you think- uh, Luke was serious. Andrew was not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, like he, I, at some point I was like, wait, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I want him to be serious. We should all bark into a mirror in the morning. Are you going to take any shit today? Arf! <laughs> uh, and Luke's weird rental car, but okay. Tweet with the picture of his Ford Flex. Blah, blah, blah. People got it. People didn't get it, etc. Sure. Uh, 
followed by an off-air joke that they repeat on air for our benefit. Quote, you'd be a lot less pregnant if you smiled more. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Let's go to Thursday. 2767, Making a Burger or Season 2. Uh, Luke's in Chicago now for Wait, Wait. Um, and we learn really early on that he... This was total news to me, and I was totally floored by it, that he puts his gum on the corner of his show sheet. <coughs> this is so gross. Why? I I hate gum. I will chew it on occasion. I'll only like dentine ice. Like I need the little squares. Mm-hmm. I think gr- gum is mostly super disgusting though. And it like makes me mad because I think it's, it's like noise pollution to me where I think it's like this thing that destroys uh, comfort. I think gum for the most part is like a more of a negative than a positive. Like it's people are, um, irresponsible with it and i know luke is irresponsible with it like i know he kind of throws it really oh it's so gross i mean he could rip off the corner of the show sheet and throw it in the garbage like a human being but he just sticks it there (laughs) so gross (laughs) horrible my silence is not a quiet opposition i'm very much with you okay (laughs) i'm i'm it's it's hard for me because well i've never behaved like this with like discarding my gum i have always put it in an appropriate receptacle and not on the ground or whatever for people to step on which is the worst um and i i can't i have terrible jaw problems as i've chronicled on the show so i can't chew gum although i love it um because it helps me concentrate like it's really good for me when i because i have a kind of a job where i need to drill down sometimes for hours at a time and really be deep into something and concentrate super hard and for some reason i don't know why but i found that chewing gum helps that a lot and i can't do it anymore because it kills me (laughs) um (laughs) Which is really too bad, but um, I would never in a million years put it on a piece of paper in front of me. Ugh. That's just awful. Ugh. His his. I, th- there's no excuse for that. I'm Singaporean, and my like gum. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, Luke. You're gonna get caned. Watch out. I'm like, if, if I step on this gum and it sticks to my shoe, I'm gonna, like, uh, you're done. You're yeah. done. It's the worst. If my kid gets gum stuck in their hair i'm like it's getting cut off that's yep. the only i'm not putting peanut butter in your hair no. cutting it out and you're gonna cut your hair that's it Ugh. <laughs> so gross. I, this is this this is worse than the alcoholism if you ask me <laughs> um next up is a long hot dog story about a misaddressed hot dog serving platter <laughs> Um, Andrew's dad has sent something to him. He's not entirely sure what it is, but some sort of hot dog uh, serving apparatus to the wrong address, to his old apartment. And um, we have to hear about this for two days because they record Friday on Thursday as well. Um, Although it sort of comes to some sort of... eh, It's not even a conclusion. We don't know what happens. But um, they talked for so long about this. This This was... This, honestly, I wish we could do, like, a tally of the minutes that were, like, addressing the alcoholism and, like, Luke's decision to not drink and the fucking, like, hot dog plate or whatever, platter. I bet there was more talk about the hot dog platter. I bet you're right. uh, I bet somebody could figure that out. I'm not going to go back and listen to it, but somebody... Lynn, Lynn, come on. Lynn could do it, yeah. Um, Just, like, so much about the different porches at his old place and the landlord and the the, the window washer and the lady on the conference call. It was just like, okay. Um, So, it's, it's... This only brought to mind that... 
uh, Amazon is doing this new thing now. I got it today for the first time where when they deliver something, they send a picture of it. So I got a delivery today and they sent me a picture of the box at my front door. Whoa. Yeah. I've had that once and it was something that I actually ordered for my music director on his behalf because he's a a wonderful person, but he's 83 years old and I'm better at Amazon than him. Uh, And so I just did it on his credit card with my account. And yeah, they sent me a picture of his front porch. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I was thinking, well, that would have solved a lot of this if he knew where it had been delivered. I mean, it wasn't Amazon. Obviously, it was from his father. But that kind of, it, it creeped me out on some level. But on, it was also like, oh, this might be helpful if, if there were iffy situations for delivery. Um, so next up was uh, they talked a little bit about getting into the right headspace for work that you don't want to do. Um, and I struggle with this sometimes. Sometimes I'll get an email and it's it's a project that I know I don't really want to handle. It's going to be a pain in the ass. And I have to like get, I have to prepare myself for it. And I have to be in the right state of mind for it. And it's not always like, I can't always just hop right into things. And so they were talking yeah. about um, doing this. And Andrew said that he, this may be a little extreme um, to, to preview some copy for an ad that he and Genevieve are doing for after these messages. It took him like weeks to get through it i I generally it's a couple days for me before i buckle down and and get around to it but he's he's really procrastinating on this i wonder if there was a firm deadline or not because if i have something like that that i'm not in the headspace for if there's no deadline then it could sit forever in my inbox well not forever because i go crazy and try to inbox zero once in a while but yeah i'm the same i'm motivated by deadlines and so i always ask people and and I try to meet those. De- they usually make them up in my line of work. They invent yes. deadlines. I don't yep. care. It's fine. It works for me for the most part. Um, it's funny because sometimes they'll be like, I need this by tomorrow and I'll get it back to them by tomorrow, which is kind of a, it's it's like moving heaven and earth sometimes. But I'll do it. And then they'll come back to me two weeks later. Oh, I finally got a chance to look at this. <laughs> You're like, did you really? <laughs> did you really? Mine is uh, unfortunately sort of person motivated because I work with a bunch of different teams and there's one team I worked with that are super collaborative and occasionally they'll have a rush but I know like it's a you know it's a trust thing and it's like I know that the reason why they're getting this to me last minute is because um just because they got it last minute Mm -hmm. there's one guy I work with that is he's either like I need it in 30 minutes and it has to be like this amazing thing or it's like I need it in two weeks. So then he gets mad at me when he gives me the two week thing and I haven't like touched it because I'm like, I have other things that are coming in my inbox that I need to get done. Two weeks is too like too long of a deadline. But I'm like, if you give me like a day, like I can get shit done. But giving me like two hours, like that's like fire drills piss me off because it just is a reflection on the other person's like inability Mm -hmm. to be organized to plan but yeah 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 yeah. yep um luke spoke some bad spanish to a lyft driver and is super proud (laughs) that they were able to communicate so there was kind of a sweet story but what so he he's kind of taking his sobriety and i feel like i'm a little concerned because yes it's hard enough to to get sober you don't have to also become a vegetarian and learn spanish at the same time 
Like just because you're not hungover doesn't mean that you need to like add all these other things to your life. And I'm a little worried that he thinks that it's not enough to just get sober. And it totally is like, that's a ton. And he's just going to, I'm worried that he's going to let himself down because he's not just going to go and learn Spanish. No. I mean, as you can tell by my fabulous Spanish in the beginning, but it's, well, that was flawless. Know, it sounded great to me. Full, yeah. <laughs> flawless. I got it. I got a four on my AP exam, y'all. So listen, I can. I was speak impressed. Spanish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's it's really tough. And you have a limited amount of like concentration and energy. Like focus your energy on the fact that drinking is not a part of your life anymore. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want him to take on too much and then then be let down. Um, that can be a big pitfall kind of thing. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it happens. Um, as, speaking of huge life changes, <laughs> lifestyle changes, they're going to do the show early <laughs> all next week. So they're still on this waking up at 5 a.m. And I predicted a couple of weeks ago that this would maybe last a couple of days. So we'll see. I Maybe they'll, they'll do it the whole week. Uh, maybe now that Luke isn't drinking, he'll he'll be into this a little bit more. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to try and wake up at five every day and do the show at seven. Um, and they want the they want the tens to go along with them. And I'm like, sure, I'll wake up at eight. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I have to be I to work at seven, but like, <laughs> fine. I'll tell my boss that this is a this is a life improvement project. Um, and they were talking about doing a live stream, which would be cool because that that would be like 10 a.m. for me. So like. By the time the sure. show was done, I could I could listen at work and then I could go have some lunch. So that would be nice. Um, they <laughs> floated a bunch of names, including Operation Earlyberg, TBTL Morning Wood, and Dawn Pod Troll, which really went over like a <laughs> lead brick. Um, I forget what that, they totally settled on, but that wasn't TBTL Morning Wood. That was TBTL Morning Wood you like to hear a podcast or something mm. like that. They had it, they had it, you know. Oh, it was not as stealthily. suggestive as that. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it was just coincidental that it happened to be TBTL Morningwood. You like <laughs> to listen to my podcast. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't go with that one. Um, they talk about the time zone thing and Luke reiterates his quote-unquote joke from his quote-unquote stand-up about how when they say <laughs> 8, 7 central, that everyone knows what's going on and they've already done the calculation. I just I just can't with him. Ugh, his jokes. His jokes lately have been really rough. His, like, quote jokes. Quote. <laughs> We're both making, like, quotes. I mean, really? Really? <laughs> Although as a kid that watched a lot of television when I was a kid, like I watched a lot and I remember thinking, okay, well, when I moved to Los Angeles, it was really, I really was confused. Like when is, when is television yeah. coming on? Mm-hmm. Is it, <laughs> is it, I'm used to my seven o'clock. Is it going to be eight? And actually like no offense, Seattle tends, but Pacifico sucks the most because you get things on a New York schedule, but like not at the same time as New York. So it's yeah. like a thousand hours later. So it's not good. Central is the best time. Uh, <laughs> um, as somebody who watches uh, like primetime television from seven to 10 is way better than eight to 11. That's just all I'm saying. <laughs> 
Seven is when Wheel of Fortune comes on. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. Yep. Six is when nope. Wheel of yep. Fortune comes nope. You're still eating dinner at six. <laughs> You're finishing off happy Absolutely hour not. at Gabriel's Gate. Absolutely. This is a a full discussion for like a mini podcast. <laughs> I would argue that Central is the best. Time. I had a really hard time when I moved to Texas because yeah, it's supposed to be seven to eight is the is Wheel of Fortune. That's and too late. And then it's pro- too no, it's late. not. No, it's not. It's perfect. Can we agree to put a pin in the argument about the best time zone? <laughs> Only because I think this is going to be good fodder for as as Hillary said. We could get a whole episode on. Yeah, of we this. could. Okay, so next up is a a really long and unnecessary discussion about God friended me. Um, And I don't have too much to say, but um, listener Megan definitely did. Uh, She sent us a couple through your phones. Um, She says, can you believe Luke has a theory about how the premise for God friended me? Ended up with the protagonist hosting an atheist podcast. You'll never guess what it is. And he does. He totally podsplains like why... He thinks this happened with no, like, no information about it and no background in it. Um, he does this a lot with, especially with, um, like, publicists, how he thinks that, like, commercials went from mm-hmm. being funny to not that funny. He thinks he knows everything yeah. about showbiz and TV and commercials. And so that sort of cracked me up, too. And she sent another one for the same day. And she says, Thursday's episode again. Boy, I threw that first phone way too early because then Luke started conflating the story of the River Sticks with, oh, boy, Scylla and how did we decide how to say this? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, you know, we looked this up two we hours looked it up ago now. Two hours ago. Like- <laughs> Charbdis? Oh, boy. Yeah. Please let us know. Do I it like know. ancillary through your We phone. went to the pronouncer, but that was a long time ago, and I've already forgotten. Siland Charybdis. Um, instead of throwing my backup phone, I had to content myself with this. Luke, we're crossing the River Styx, and I need you to lash me to the... Me. Nope. Luke. Wait, am I conflating? Me. Yup. I had that same exact <laughs> reaction. You don't... <laughs> there's no sirens on the River Styx. I think that's what he was getting at. Sirens <laughs> that will... That will uh, uh, charm the sailors to crash their boats into the the rocks. <laughs> it's not the same thing as the river to Hades. <laughs> no. Isn't that like Homer or something? I don't know. Listen, it was ninth grade. This is old ninth grade. I don't know anything. Yeah, we need to brush up on our mythology. Ooh, clearly. Yeah. Um, Luke talks a little bit about how most of his jokes aren't landing lately, and I would totally agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I just, with his, his tweets lately, and his it, he, he put up the weirdest Instagram that I think I've ever seen. It was a sideways picture. It was a sideways video, like a three-second video. Do you guys remember this? I think I put yeah. it in the chat because I was so flabbergasted. It was it was oriented wrong, and it was going from like his weird what is apparently his lasagna, although you couldn't tell, to Rudy's face. And it was something about, let's get this vegetarian eggplant lasagna? I was just... It's too I, much. Are you trying to say, let's get this bread? And I think he was, because he keeps latching onto these dumb little memes and yeah, then trying to yeah. make them his own. And he's just a middle-aged daddish type, and he shouldn't be doing this. I know. Like, I don't know if y'all listen to Keep It. The uh, It's a... Um, crooked media podcast and it's with like Ira Madison and Kara Brown and she like they're like these are the people that should be making those kind of that content 
not Luke. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. like millennial African American kids that are like inventing the cool stuff, and it is right. not Luke. It has passed him by which is fine like yeah it's fine like move on create your own content and you have it's weird that like i do actually think luke can be really funny he can make me laugh and he's super charming yes but it does not translate for whatever reason to the written very short written word like it just doesn't especially not with super current jokes like memes it doesn't he needs to stay away from them Is it possible that Hillary is listening to podcasts on networks that don't even exist yet? Is this a time zone thing? Because every time you have a new podcast, I don't know. Keep it. It's really good. It's it's with um, Louis Fertel and Ira Madison III and Kara Brown. It's a good one. It's like pop culture, but on... I listen to too many podcasts. I was about like, to say, I, how do you do this? I can barely listen to the like three that I want to listen to. In addition well, to the, prob- the thing with at work, at work is that like I just have my headphones in and I can just like, like, and and poor Bridget today because I was two episodes behind of TBTL and we were driving around doing miscellaneous errands and she was like, I want to listen to something else. And I'm like, shut your mouth. I have to listen to (laughs) Thursday and Friday. Like I need to like get this in. God wrote me an iTunes review. (laughs) (laughs) So I, um, I, I listened to too many. I need to eliminate some from my life, but that's actually a really good one. But um, I'm impressed with your podcast knowledge. it's 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 like what am i doing with my life i don't know like i'm listening to podcasts and (laughs) minorly raising children um um, anyway but like luke is needs to stick to his lane like he is like you said he is a middle-aged dadish type that doesn't need to he need it's fine to understand it. It's fine to sort of recognize that there is a another world that exists that I am not necessarily included on, but like respect it. He needs to not also absorb it into his life. Like it just needs to be something that he understands, but then moves on with the thing that he understands. Yeah. Like his his Ford Flex joke, I got it. I didn't think it was all that funny. <laughs> but the fact that like seventy five percent of the responses are like, That's actually a pretty good car. <laughs> would indicate that the joke didn't land right and actually when i saw the car i was like andrew would love this car because it's like a bread box it's a big box yeah (laughs) get that bread box yeah see that would have worked yeah that's true that's good see you're young um i'm not (laughs) well in in years you are uh, the next story, top story for today, is this quarter pounder lawsuit uh, that was dismissed with prejudice, which I love that things can be dismissed with or without prejudice, meaning <laughs> with prejudice, you can never bring this up again. <laughs> Just shut up. It's over. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, you've not been harmed by not eating cheese and having to pay the same prices as a quarter pounder with cheese. Um this whole discussion uh, makes Luke very hungry for a quarter pounder. He says he's not having alcohol cravings, but now he's having hamburger cravings. And it is tough. Like, I'm highly suggestible sometimes when it comes to fast food. I don't eat it too often. I just I try really, really hard not to. But every once in a while, especially since they started doing fresh beef at McDonald's for quarter pounders, I'll go, like, maybe once every couple months. Mm-hmm. It's good. Extra pickles. It's good stuff. My 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 flaw as far as fast food goes because i don't really get i mean i'm not a saint i eat a lot of shit but like i don't get that much fast food but the one thing and i know it is bad and i have been told that it is bad but chick-fil-a is really 
really good. It's really and good. It's really good. And when I was, Rory was like three weeks old or something, and Dave was gone back to work, and Bridget was not even three. I needed, and it was raining, and I needed some place to go. They had a play place. I brought the kids. Bridget was playing. I couldn't like go up to, you know, where the, like to go order. Like it was like everything was flummoxing me at that moment. And they like came and took my order and brought it to me. It was very kind. And it's really, I know, I like, I know I do not support any of the things that they support, but they do hire really nice people. I think they pay them okay. And the food is really fucking good. And even though I will even say as somebody who enjoys a salad, their salad, their spicy chicken salad is really good and they have really good dressings. Like it's like legitimately a good salad. I don't think it's like that good for you, but it's really good. Hillary, you're Um, not on trial here. It's okay. I know. Listen, once in a while. I I know. (laughs) It's really good. I've heard, I've heard a resurgence lately of, uh, you know, people say like, no, they still give to anti-gay stuff, which hurts my heart, but it's really good. I know. It is interesting, though. You're off the beaten path. You go to Chick-fil-A for the salad, not the rampant homophobia. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. You have good intentions. It's yeah. okay. I do. I'll give to Glad in lieu of my payment. Or Yeah, well, like Genevieve payment. does Chick-philanthropy, which I just, I love that yes. so much. So she'll yeah. she'll donate yeah. the, the mm-hmm. equal amount that she spent at Chick-fil-A to Planned Parenthood. And I think that totally absolves you. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Um, the last thing today, I don't know where, this didn't go anywhere, but um, they were doing Blur's Day shout outs, which I generally try to ignore. Um, but they this led them to talk about Andrew's uh, trivia night, I guess, uh, the previous night. And he asks Luke a bunch of movie trivia questions. And that's literally all I got for Thursday. <laughs> Good to Friday, twenty-seven sixty-eight. Wildly infuriating. <laughs> I feel like that could be the title of every every LRB. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This was recorded on Thursday because Luke is traveling on Friday. As we mentioned, he was here in Boston. Uh, package talk continues. <laughs> It's all about Andrew's package. Oh, Um, Oh, stop it. (laughs) Uh, No updates, uh, except we get in real time a phone call from the new resident in one of the apartments in Andrew's old building just to tell him that she moved it. It was mysteriously moved back and now it's gone. So not a useful phone call, which we heard a little bit of her and all of Andrew in a quasi-legal sort of way. I was extremely stressed during the call. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And it didn't sound good the entire... Like, I felt like yeah. Luke when he was like, oh, can you hear it? What's happening? Yeah. So there's no new news on the package. I do just want to say on this package, you know, Andrew, we tend to amplify personality traits or things about Luke and Andrew. You know, one fish sandwich drop that they get obsessed with for a week means for years now we get early too early for a fish sandwich or whatever in the mm-hmm. stents page. But the fact that his own father is mailing him a vintage hot dog serving platter. <laughs> it does lend some it's authenticity a, to yeah. his obsession. Yeah. I can't tell if art is imitating life or life is imitating art. <laughs> like I can't tell if Andrew became even more obsessed with cased meats because of the TBTL brand or which way that goes. 
Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of disgusting things, I, I love cased meat, but the obsession's a little much. Um, Luke made his vegetarian lasagna, left it on the stove overnight, covered, which nope. he thinks was enough. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Then puts, it, then puts it in the fridge the next day. Then his mother-in-law ate some of it out of the fridge, not knowing it's... Uh, and sorted history. Luke, you just gave that that angelic woman food poisoning. <laughs> God. This Hopefully is so she's... terrible. I I worked at a restaurant for 4 years and you're like food safety is totally drilled into you in those scenarios yeah. and there was a while when I was a kid that I thought like I don't know why we did this but like when we got a pizza delivered, we would, you know, have whatever and put the leftovers just in the oven. Not the the oven's off. You just put it back in the box and put the box in the oven overnight. And then it was like somehow safe to eat in the morning. That is not true. A slightly That's... warm incubator for it's crap terrible. on your pizza. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> just because I, it's covered I, doesn't mean the stuff that's in there isn't going to keep growing overnight. Ugh. I feel like this is drilled in. I'm not like a notoriously clean person. Like you look at my house. It's not like, oh, wow, it's really picked up. But the one thing that I'm super anal about is cleaning up the kitchen. Like I... Again, my counters might not be perfect, but putting food away into the, like where it's supposed to be is really like I can't go to sleep if there's our dishes Mm-mm. in the sink. That just grosses me out. It's just like it's festering, and especially food. I'm like, just cover it, covering it and putting it in the fridge is all you have to do. Like that's he it. Could have put it in the fridge. I mean, he if he did half of the work already. You just move it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a real salmonella colored flag it really is <laughs> Ugh. i i i had a, a i haven't had any sort of like food poisoning or ever until this past summer when i was in ohio and got that awful sickness and now i mean i've always been careful about it but now i'm doubling down because it was so awful i don't even know where it came from but i'm like i don't want to put myself at any more risk to have another week like that Ugh. yeah yeah i think you shared with us some details about that week that are too hot for pod i will not repeat them on the show <laughs> and, yeah. yeah those are chat only discussions <laughs> let's just say it wasn't pretty yeah uh andrew has almost finished uh, making a murderer season two which he started watching on the flight back from cleveland or something and luke wants him to finish it so they can talk about it uh but andrew said this is what happens to him he gets home he has like two-thirds of the last episode left and he just never picked it back up uh, we talked. They talked through a few different things. They're a reminder that early blur gets the worm is next week. Uh, name still tentative. Uh, and then I think it's Luke who mentions um, people pictures of people cutting cake from above and doing it poorly, <laughs> doing it mildly, you know, a little crookedly, which is what has Andrew mentioning the Reddit thread for or the the Reddit feed for mildly infuriating things that are just a little bit off. I follow that one too. It's pretty funny. The uh, the beer taps at at Art Marble Twenty whatever, starting to pitch to one side because they're too close together. I think Luke slipped in something about the Browns game final score qualifying. That's <laughs> good. Uh, Luke then says he hates diagonal walls, walls that aren't at ninety degrees from the floor, and Carrie hates arched doorways. <laughs> that's a a phobia i've never heard of (laughs) me well i'm currently looking at and i was actually my bedroom is pretty big i mean it's not like a super large bedroom it's so big but i do we actually have like this 
uh, wall of windows, and then we have like a closet on one side, and we have an arched wall, uh, not an arch wall, I'm sorry, a diagonal wall on the other side. So it makes it to have, we basically have one wall to put anything, because everything is sort of askew. I kind of get Luke's thing. I mean, I think it's a little like annoyingly pretentious, but I get like why he's annoyed with it. The arch doorways, maybe because I lived in Los Angeles slash Texas for my whole life, that 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 doesn't bother me that much because I don't know, it's more of a like Mexican kind of a deal to have it. I like think it's sort of cute to have an I arch doorway. I always thought it was sort of a positive like like yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of real estate shopping right now, and it's always yeah. pointed out in the listings of like, like look, oh, they've look got arch doorways, and there's like an a, a you know coved ceiling, and isn't that quaint? It's it's not like uh, I'm desiring that. I'm not looking for it, but I think it's sort of like oh, it actually takes like some some craftsmanship. Yeah, it's a little architectural detail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I thought. I mean, they're so committed to the um mid-century modern kind yeah. of deal mm-hmm. that I think that that's why it, it sure. you know, rings untrue to them a little bit. Onto the real uh, meat of the day. Uh, Andrew, while working at KCRW, didn't always agree with how competitive uh, their leadership was about not wanting to repeat things that the morning show from KPCC had done. And he found out after he left KCRW that because of some fill-in staff that bounced back and forth between the stations, Andrew had been actually added accidentally to a KPCC run sheet and could follow everything they were planning the entire time. He's a much better person than I am. Not that I would like delete things, but I would be reading it almost constantly. Like oh, I, would... I would be adding stuff for sure. <laughs> Day three and of I... hot dog investigations. Yeah. <laughs> I get what he's saying to a certain degree, but the my like caveat in that like I watch if I'm when, like when I stayed home with Bridget, I watched a fair amount of daytime television, which is whatever. I mean, I like some people, but it, it's you know it's a whole other like degree of weirdness. But when you're watching a show, like you're watching Good Morning America, you're watching the Today Show, you watch Regis and whatever. I don't. I can't even remember who it is. And then you're watching The View or whatever. Like you go into this sort of litany of people, and they all have the same people, and they do. It happens a lot because the people are like on a hot streak of promoting whatever movie or show mm-hmm. that they're in. It gets to be really annoying. Now I know that KCRW and KPCC, KPCC are totally different things, but um, you know, LA is an interesting place and they don't have a lot to talk about sometimes. And they're going to talk about the same things and they're not going to drill down and ask like some super interesting question. So I like was kind of annoyed by Andrew's, like it seemed to be sort of lazy to me, which is weird for Andrew. Cause I don't think of him as being a lazy person, but it seems sort of lazy that they weren't like, okay, let's get somebody differently, different than, than KCRW or I'm sorry, KPCC is happening. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, so I wrote down some of the examples here. First, they got too specific with like having a cigar aficionado guy yeah, on well, for. I mean, that's that would a be different very, thing. Yeah. That's a feature story, though. Like yeah. that would be very weird if that got covered, uh, you know, on both or somebody. It would be like a shared brain syndrome thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, would be weird. Luke mentions his NPR story, which I just found the link for, for that Frank Lloyd Wright house with the person who says Frank Lloyd wrong. 
<laughs> it was uh, by so, my old apartment in Los Angeles, and we went to it once. And it is a super weird house. Like it is the ceil- I mean, in comparison to um, houses today, the ceilings are super low. It's very cool, and it's in the yeah. middle of the city. But it yeah. is it is very Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright e. There's a big Frank Lloyd Wright house in Buffalo, but it's more in the prairie style, so it's wider and has a little bit of grass, and yeah. you know, it's not that urban tight weird build. That comes up because they talk about um, getting retakes from interviewees if they talk and there's noise or a problem, and trying to get them to recreate their candidness, which is super awkward and cringy. And I'm glad that, well, they wouldn't do it anyway because they're not real journalists, but you know, <laughs> that's that's bad. <laughs> And then the guys bemoan the 24-hour news cycle and wish that things were simpler, like when you got your paper at night and watched Walter Cronkite in the evening. <laughs> it's all it's all white men giving you the truth of what's happening. That's the all. Truth. Every 12 hours. Yes. Yeah. yes. I did like the phrase from Andrew, a big ham of content. You're, uh, you're having a... Uh, a hunger dream. Right. <laughs> a mirage. A big ham of content. Where the shooting victim's face turns into a ham. <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah, you know, that's going to become old hat soon enough in this yeah. country. And it's not even it already is. I mean, it already is. <sighs> Music for your weekend. Andrew does Leany's Loveful, which I have actually played several times already and I really like. That was delightful. Yeah. Uh, Luke brings Lucinda. So Williams. is the original. Also, that's yeah. like the yes. the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack is amazing, yep. and that's where it comes from. Uh, I'm not proud of this, but if you put a few drinks in me, I will attempt to love fool at karaoke. Yes, so, <laughs> hey, it's I good, want to see this. It's way up there. It's not easy. Uh, Luke brings one. Lucinda Williams. I just want to see you so bad. And listener Justin brings Bob Moses, the musician, not the terrible urban planner, with Heaven Only Knows. <laughs> uh, and I'll roll on to housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping. Look, you got a white American guy. Wow. <laughs> what? What? Anything is possible. Buy stuff from us at littleredbandwagon.com or 10710.com slash shop because I always forget to change that for the following week. <laughs> Archive with us, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Shoot us a message. We'll let Christy know or she'll see it first, actually. And uh, listen along. Listen to the old shows. You just heard a great clip show on Friday. That's how these things happen. Um, it can't all be Anne. She does actually have a day job, so we need you to help. Uh, Archive with us. Buy things on Amazon at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. The holidays are coming. Get your orders in. And uh, earbuds and earworms. <laughs> I see one of you just tried to update. I'm not sure. Is it? Is it? I just looked it up, and it's still the on the website. So Okay. Well, usually, yeah. Uh, listen to earbuds and earworms. I don't know what yeah. this week's yeah. show topic is. I missed it, but I'm sure it's great. It always is. All right, get involved. Uh, LittleRedBandwagon.com is our website. Uh, ThrowYourPhone.com, and y'all have used it a lot lately, so uh, keep on keeping them coming. Um, Our Facebook page, look it up. Uh, Show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Uh, Email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. The voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. 
and fax Bobby at 617-354-8513. He's here. He's there until next Sunday. So, like, get him in. Uh, and with that, email inbox, you can just fax me anytime. Anytime. I'm just like imagining you sitting at this, like we're we're like the papers, like that, like shitty, gross paper, and you're like, oh, it's that- coming in. Yeah. <laughs> last year, last week, I told people to do butt, like <laughs> yeah, I fax their butts. I didn't get a single butt. Oh, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Um, and with that, Meredith, it's going to be on Christmas at Wakefield Letterhead, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Sorry, I shouldn't have. I could bleep that if you want. I don't, no, I don't it's fine. Bleep. I'm like not like a like incognito person, so I live my life out loud. Get it in. Uh, uh, okay, are we ready for this? Yes, <laughs> We're ready. Okay. Until next time, this is the next party. Nailed it. <laughs> We love you, Jen. We love you, Jen. Even. Oh, shit. <laughs>